Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome back. We uh, were not around last week. There was uh, it was kind of a busy week. There was a holiday over here um, in the uh, the land of the French Canadians, where David and I both live, and um, so it was um, kind of not gonna not gonna happen. But we've been. Um, We've we've uh, we still have a good uh, a good list of things to tackle tonight, and um, we'll uh, we'll do the usual where we'll uh, we'll take a look at um, some questions from chat, and then we'll go into our backlog and uh, see um, see how we make out tonight. We don't uh, usually dig in too deep by the time, by the time things are done, just because uh, there's so many good questions. But uh, we'll see how uh, we fare this evening. All right, let's bring it, Tim. Hello, hey Brent, how are you? I'm Fancy good meeting you here. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we've skipped a week. It's weird. It felt weird. I know. Uh, we didn't have any streams last week. There was no Q&A and there was no conversation with, and it was sort of, it felt weird. I felt like I was on a, I don't know, on a parallel universe or something like that. Yeah, we're such creatures of habits that, yeah. you know, we, we kind of skip a beat and we're like, wait, what what's going on? <laughs> what what happened? I don't know. It was, it's, it's like last week never happened. So um, we have um, our um, regular sort of... Um, backlog to try to dig in tonight and um and it looks like we've got a good healthy showing in chat so well, welcome chat long time no see nice to have you back um i guess we should probably start um if you're new here by the way by any chance i i, I have a hard time believing that um one of the people in there right now are new but it could happen uh what we usually do on these q a's is we just open up the floor for conversation um you got questions we hopefully have some answers those questions could be ranging from you know just career advice it could be um some sort of tangential topic to animation you know like whatever um it also could be questions about agora community specifically if you're wondering about a certain thing that we uh said we were going to do but haven't done yet or just uh, just general questions on maybe how to how to you know what's this review thing all about how do you how do you order one whatever it is just uh serve it up and we'll see what we can do about answering them yeah i would say probably the most interesting question or more general career experience, uh, anything about the animation industry that kind of opened up the dialogue for um, some interesting uh, conversation here. Uh, I don't know if we have good answers for every question, but we'll <laughs> definitely have answers. We for damn well try. Question. That's right. <laughs> we'll give it our best shot. Um, and and we, we've been promising slash threatening for the last several um Q and A's to bring on an expert at some point. We uh, we're starting to fill buckets, I think, to the point where we're getting close to the point where we're going to probably tap somebody to come on uh, on the show to uh, sort of field some of the specific questions that you might have. So um, just um, you know, we just have to make sure we have a full enough book a bucket for that before uh, we we pull the trigger. Otherwise, it'll be kind of weird. We got like three questions and like the experts all ready to go, and, and there's not nothing to answer. So. But we'll do it eventually. Um, I do see a question in chat about Bingo. There is going to be an announcement this week about Bingo, by the way. Uh -oh. So stay tuned. Yeah, there is there is some progress finally on that front. Um, so stay tuned for that. We actually have something ready to go. I'm kind of uh, I'm um, conspiring with our community manager, manager Scott. Um, he and I are going to put something out there on the airwaves by the end of the week. So stay tuned. So you've created a monster. Yeah. Pretty much, people yeah. want more of it. Well, it's all well. It's it's also because I there there's supposed to be a competition on the design for the um for the prize and um and so that's all that's all gonna it's all gonna happen. So we're gonna just um, need to I need to just get the information out there and where you can where you get like what what the conditions are for this particular competition. I mean, I can give you a sneak peek, but I've I, I think most people already know what I was planning on doing. 
but basically um, the idea is I'm opening up the, so that we, there's, there's stickers and t-shirts that need to be delivered to people. And that is actually the design of that. I want it to be community driven. So people are going to get a chance to actually submit their designs. Um, there'll be a link. I'm putting out a Google form with like, you could just download the actual image directly to our, on, on that form. And we're going to go through it. We're going to sort of take a look at the designs and the best one's going to win. And whoever, whoever gets that win is going to get a free t-shirt and a, and a sticker as well. Um, even if they didn't win it, bingo. And for people who won multiple bingos like crab nuts, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what the prize needs to be, but it needs to be something big. So I'll have to figure it out. I'm working on it, crab nuts. I'm working on it, buddy. Maybe a, another smaller 3D printed trophy. Yeah, sure. Cause yeah, cause that those, <laughs> those get done so quickly. Uh, I, yeah, David, he knows, he knows where to hit me below the belt. I, um, there, there is some progress on that actually as well, believe it or not. I'm about, we're about to, I'm, I'm close to sending it off to have it painted. So once that gets done, it's like pretty much at the, um, we're, 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 on, we're on the precipice of it being finished. I know I want to show it really bad to you, but I don't want to give it away. Um, I'm, I'm actually putting, I put, I put together some really funny images, which I think you're going to get a crack at crack out of. I was going to put them out this week, but I don't think it'll be time, but maybe this weekend or next week, I'll put out some these, these sort of like these soft reveals of the statue, which you're going to really laugh when you see it. Cause it, it's going to be obscured. You'll, <laughs> you'll see, you'll, you'll see, but you won't see at the same time. It's pretty awesome. I have to say 3d printed bingo card. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how you play with one of those. So does anybody have any other questions um going on like just in general before we dig into the backlog cuz now's a really good time to ask. Or actually we we can go with just one from in, the yeah. backlog. Yeah, well, backlog we'll and yeah, let's let's go just go with the first one. Sure. Which okay. I think which is the one that Scott actually posted on Instagram this week, I think. Okay, uh, from PK underscore Kenzie. I'm just going to post it as as myself because um, it'll be the easiest way of doing it like I did last time. And I'll just show it like this. So this is actually PK underscore Kenzie was the one actually asking. It's not Restream.io. Being getting rejected for jobs and the recruiters say my art is amazing and they would hire me if I had experience. Mm -hmm. How do I get experience if I can't get hired? Y'all need to take a chance on newbies. <laughs> Yeah, I feel your pain, man. Uh, I, I remember that time. Yeah, you, you yeah. get out of school and you're like, okay, and now what? Um, and you have those answer mm -hmm. that, oh, sorry, you don't have experiences. Like, yeah, but how can I get yeah. experience if, if you don't hire me? Um, yeah. I mean, do, do not uh, do not despair, uh, PK Kenzie. Um, <laughs> everyone that is currently in the industry at some point never worked in the industry and got hired uh, for the first time. Yeah. Uh, most, I mean, most of the good uh, uh, artists or animators or other expertise coming out of school will get some jobs. So it's just a matter of patience. And honestly, when I got out of school, as I'm friend for me, I don't know, I would say maybe it took two or three months that uh, before having this first gig. And I remember that have, some friends uh, uh, at the time that just said, you know, screw this, it's not going to work. And they just went back in their old job after mm -hmm. one or two months. And they were maybe literally a few weeks away from having this, uh, uh, this first opportunity. So um, patience would definitely be, uh, be one thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to repeat some of the things that we've been uh, mm. talking in the past but you know if you're done studying you don't have a full-time job or you have a part-time or you're ba basically you're waiting to, to to be hired you're not waiting to be hired you're working on your craft at home and you should be so busy working to improving your reel on a weekly basis and send updates to the recruiters with your new work that you would yep. barely have time to ask yourself oh why am I not being? No, you're busy working uh, on your showreel to update to recruiters, and it's going to come at at some point. So it's uh, yeah, y'all need to take a chance uh, on newbies. Uh, every studios are taking chance at newbies. I would say yeah. maybe some more than others. Uh, there's maybe some mm -hmm. recruiters that that might be fear to to hire someone that has no expertise that will need to be taken by by the hand for a long time, but. For the most part, uh, it, it's going to happen. It's just a question of of, of when it's going to happen. Um, and the more proactive you are, 
the more you work on your craft and update those recruiters, making looking at all the different resources, both employment or freelancing. And that's another thing now with um, with remote work. Uh, back in the days, let's say you're in Brazil and you have a killer showreel, you're out of school and you want to work with uh, for some of the big studio what's in, in VFX. So that would be, you know, either... I don't know, LA, San Francisco, New York, Montreal, Vancouver, London, one of those places, and you're out of school just a few years ago when it was taken for granted that, you know, on-site was the norm. No studio is going to pay for the plane tickets and the removing and all of the expenses to get a junior fresh out of school to, to get to, to the studio. Mm -hmm. But now with all the studio that with the remote desktop that they mm -hmm. can basically give you a one or two month trial Let, let's see this kids what, what what he has and and if he's going to do the, the, the price of entry is now almost uh nothing so i would say that's a huge advantage for the young talent getting out of school nowadays that are not physically close to those up where there's a lot of studio your chances to be hired uh are much greater than they were just a few years ago because the price of entry is much lower yeah yeah, I um, I would say uh, I'm going to be really frank here because I think frank advice is what you actually need to hear, um, and that is you're doing it wrong. I honestly believe you're doing something wrong, and I'll tell you why. There are one of two possibilities that are going on here. Either A, the companies that you're trying to get a job at are above your above your your skill level. I think that that's probably or or they really are just way too busy. Right. Like it's like having a school a student out of school and they can animate okay, but they want to get that job at Pixar DreamWorks. It's not crazy to get rejected by them because most people do. Very few people get a job with these companies when you when it when you compare the ratio of applicants to people getting hired. So you might need to lower your expectations for your first job. Okay. That could be happening. It could. I don't know. I haven't seen your work. The other thing that could be happening is the recruiters are just being too nice. They're saying that your art is amazing um, and they would hire you if they had the experience. But what they're really trying to say is you're not good enough. And they don't know how to say that. A lot of recruiters are not really frank enough as they should be. Part of it is because they don't know how to tell you how to get better because recruiters are recruiters. They're not professional animators. So they can't tell you, okay, this is why you're not getting any hired. Um, I would encourage you, um, if this is a pattern, to just politely ask if there's anything that, you know, is there a reason like, or could you get some constructive feedback on the reel? Some of them are going to be like, yeah, there's no way we don't have time. And, you know, the directors are too busy, but you, maybe you'll get lucky one day and someone's going to actually reach out and let you know, because I think that whenever you, you swing and miss, it's always kind of a good, it's always a nice thing to get, you know, a, a good idea as to why. So that, that way you can focus on improving in the area that, you know, the areas that might've contributed to you, maybe not getting the job you were looking for. So I think in, the good news is, um, that both of those things are solvable, both of them. You could like very easily putting out uh, putting out your job um, or your your job application and your demo reel to a, a, a wider a wider group of of studios. Maybe lowering your expectation on that dream job just a little bit because you can work towards that. I know people in the industry that worked ten years before they got a job at that dream job. That's often how it goes. You don't just get it out of school. Most people don't. Um, and or you got to find a way of figuring out where you're weak and like make sure that you like, it's not so hard because you just have to go out to the internet go on youtube and just take a look at animation demo reels that are dated for now and then you get an idea as to what the what the bar is and then if you are you know if you're below that bar you got to work a little harder to try to get up there because that's how you get that job so it's hard it's hard to know um exactly but i mean you know um I might, I'll take this second to actually say something. It's kind of a bit of a, it's, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag, but uh, we're, we're, we're planning on something. Already? Um, you're, yeah, you're hearing it. Yeah, I always let cats out of the bags. Who needs cats and who needs bags anyways? It should be out running around and frolicking in the woods. So here's the thing. Something we're going to be doing is we're going to start, we, we talked about live reviews a long time ago. Um, and I've been prototyping the sort of the live review process a little bit on my own channel, my own Twitch channel. So I'm going to actually be rolling that officially into the Agora um, uh, weekly uh, reviews. So I'm going to open it up a little bit. So you know, people that are just from the Agora community can actually actually sign up for that. I'm going to give a lot more uh, information on that this week. 
and an official announcement uh, that will go out on social as well as um, as well as on our website. So keep an eye open for it. But you've heard it here first. What we're going to be doing is having a review. So for for the person who asked this question, who was um, PK underscore Kenzie, if you hear this, if you if you ever see this video right now, then <laughs> sign up for one of those because I think what you need is a really honest feedback on your on your demo reel so that we'll all have a better idea as to what which one of those two scenarios you might be dealing with. And then we'll we work on fixing it. And then you can get that job. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple other questions yeah, that just we saw a bunch. In the, uh, so is there one that caught your attention um, more than well there's one that is very close to what we're we're discussing from uh Jumplin Jumplin Jack. Is that it? This one here. Don't know if yeah. you're taking questions yet, but what is the best way of finding recruiters to contact and how should you approach them? Good question. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see the first part of the question. What is the best way of finding recruiters to contact? Um, <clears throat> God, there's so many uh, <laughs> sources. Uh, well, well, let's start with just LinkedIn. You can literally type in the search, uh, uh, you know, frame store recruiter or whatever studio re recruiter and you will somehow find uh, a lead and, and you can find uh, people there try to uh, uh, contact them um, and eventually and even on, on, on LinkedIn I don't remember I did it a, a while ago I don't remember how it's on just google it but basically you can have LinkedIn push uh, all, all the job offer that are, are coming from recruiters directly to your own uh, to, to, to your own email. So this way you have this information pushed to, to, to you. So that's that's a way to do it. Uh, there's a lot of group uh, on, I know some on uh, Facebook, but there's most definitely some on Discord uh, as well uh, that are basically like forum that they're going to share. Oh, I've heard that this studio is looking for animators. Oh, I've looked at this. Um, other studio is, is looking as well. Um, that's another way to to do it. Uh, just make connection, participate. You know, we have a monthly animation challenge. Uh, just participate and look at all the different entry comments on some of the great animation. Get into a dialogue. Hey, where are you working? I really like blah blah blah. And eventually, oh, you're at this studio. Well, you know, just by the way, I'm uh, I'm working on my showreel and, and looking for for work. So it's a way to just leave. Uh, all those little, um, little information here and there uh, just by um, being known. So, um, yeah, well, what else? Uh, I got some thoughts. I think that basically you, you, once you start putting yourself out there, you're going to start to know some of the recruiters. And like mm -hmm. you see back with what David was talking about with Manny when we had him on, he, he, he literally started building relationships with the recruiters. He did that by building a rapport with them. And so you just have to start by that first interaction. And most maiden, major companies are going to have some sort of like look looking for a job kind of like button to push on their website that will send you to the right place. And you're you essentially what you will normally see happening is that application along with any links to the demo reel will go to a recruiter first they're sort of the first stage filter they know enough about what the team's looking for that they're able to like sort of separate the chaff from from the from the wheat right like they need to make sure that what they're handing off to their directors to actually go over and their team leads that it's not a waste of their time mm -hmm. so what you know so they're going to be one who ones who are usually reaching back out to you once you've actually submitted something um you, you can also i i might i really encourage people to find um, this is maybe a little more difficult now, but hopefully over the next you know year or so, it'll become a lot easier again to look for local uh, groups, local animation groups that you can join because you can crowdsource this kind of information with the information you're looking for. People, other people, just by collecting experiences, they might have contacts to give you directly. And then you can actually, rather than using their system, maybe you can actually email a recruiter directly. That's a lot more personal. Um, that's, you know, you, you, it's, it's kind of, it makes you stand out amongst everybody else um, as opposed to just sort of, you know, following the basic sort of steps that everyone else is, uh, is following. So yeah, I think just, you just need to start networking. Don't worry so much about the recruiters at the beginning, just worry about involving yourself in a community and all that other information is just going to come organically over time, I think. Yep. Um, and how should you approach them? Uh, mm. <laughs> I would say if the video, I don't know if the mm. video with uh, the interview we had with uh, uh, Manny, yeah, it's already on uh, the library yeah, of Agra so. uh, community, but 
you know, one of the tips that he shared is, is still for me one one of the top tips. Basically, you know, you politely send your uh, your 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 but periodically, each time you have a new update. Uh, you kind of use this opportunity to send this uh, update so it doesn't feel that you're sending the same showreel over and over and you're just annoying because, I mean, if they didn't already contacted you, either they didn't select your showreel or they just don't have any opening. So there's no reason of uh, a, a, a insisting. Uh, but if you have an update, then it kind of leaves this little door to say, oh, by the way, um, I just wanted to mention that I have a new piece on my showreel. And, and if you mm -hmm. do that periodically, not every week, but every three months or, or something yeah. like that mo moving forward, it's a constant reminder and it's going to be, about, wow, this this guy or this girl is really working on it, is, is really motivated, and we see the, the progress and the kind of shots that are added on the uh, on the showreel. So that, that to me is a good uh, uh, approach. Ask yourself, how can I be relevant and not annoying when I uh, <laughs> contact them and that's it. and just yeah just put yourself in the position of someone that is receiving this mm -hmm. kind of a hundred of those messages a day so be yeah. brief don't go into the entire history of of your life just be very concise polite brief yeah keep it keep it short keep it simple just the important information thank you goodbye uh, if they're not answering you two weeks after, don't email them again. Just go ask, hey, by the way, why didn't you uh, <laughs> answer my previous uh, uh, email? Um, but if they don't answer and you have a new piece three months after, guess what? Hey, hi, me again. Oh, by the way, I have this, this new, uh, new thing on my showreel. So yeah. that's a very good technique to just... And you obviously do that with multiple studios. So you mm -hmm. send all those rem reminders uh, multiple times. And e even if you have a job right now, especially if you're more of a freelancer, you're going from one project to another, it's not because you're at one... Uh, job if you just happen on night and weekend to finish a new piece that you don't want to continue to send those updates uh, because maybe that's going to lead to an offer that you will receive two months from now which is going to be a perfect timing with the project that will be uh, finishing so it's a ever evolving uh, um, process that's for sure uh, just uh, for the record the all-seeing eye that is scott hewitt our community manager has posted the link to the um the uh, little the little tip that we pulled awesome. out of the uh, yeah so if you're curious you should click on the link from Van Animator there um, it's the second one from the bottom uh, that'll bring you directly to our um, to the um, yeah to the uh, the uh, to, to the thing yeah to the thing I think I think it's a clip from the from that that conversation where Manny talks a little bit about that um, so I mean I I have another thing to say here which is I think basically one one of I think cuz David touched on this slightly and it, this seems to be a common trend of people uh, you know asking this like the anxiety of knowing how much is too much like it's 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 important to stay um you know it's 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 important to create the create create a positive flow of information rather than letting that become like a vacuum and then you know that you just become obsolete because you just sort of disappear you sent one email and then you're gone versus becoming like someone they're going to call the police on because you're stalking them what you want to do is you want to stay very very far away from anything that's going to guilt anybody you have to understand that these people are very busy and they're not they're not getting back to you because they're taking they're, they've taken it personally or they they want to make you feel bad usually it comes down to they're probably way too busy to reply to everybody um, especially if they're busy trying to fill a job and because they're often filling jobs for multiple projects so i mean a good example of of what i've seen as far as recruiting departments are concerned there's usually a handful anywhere between you know one to five recruiters but possibly two to three teams at least that they're actually trying to fill and when i see teams i mean full projects with multiple departments so let me just let me just start by saying that these people are very very busy so it has nothing to do with anything other than the, the being them being busy and also maybe not knowing how to tell you that you're you haven't quite made the cut so just just assume that you know it's fine just keep keep updating them like david's saying and i think that that, that what they're going to what you at least you're going to do is show them that you're improving you're not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and pouting in a corner because you didn't get pick, picked for the basketball team instead you're working on training 
And so that you do better your chances of getting picked for the basketball team, just showing, just putting out the optics that that's what you're doing and staying positive and constructive is a huge feather in your cap that goes well beyond one single, uh, one single demo reel improvement. It's sort of, it's again, it's, it, it creates a narrative and that narrative, it shows character and it shows things that are like perseverance and it shows, and, and also professionalism because you yeah. were able to keep it professional when you send those emails. Like these are things that demo reels don't usually capture. It's what you usually hope to be able to broadcast during an interview and in a weird way. If you can turn that weird back and forth or the constant just updates of your demo reel into almost a weird interview with a one-sided interview, then yeah. wicked. You've just done yourself a huge service. Yeah, that's the another tricky part. And I, I don't know how to, it, it's definitely not an advice, but a reality when it's the same thing as, you know, when recruiters will or supervisor will look at, at your showreel, they will probably look at the first 10 seconds, then they're going to scrub through it. And then if that 15 second of showcase is satisfying for them, then they're going to look in, uh, uh, into it. Um, in the same sense, I feel that the recruiters just based on your email, they're going to extrapolate. <clears throat> and if your email is very slightly passive, passive aggressive, yeah. they're going to think that, oh my God, the, yeah. this will be a disaster. Exactly. Uh, if it's slightly irritated, they, oh, they, so any kind of vibe that totally uh, that is going to be in, in that uh, email is going to be taken out of proportion. But if it's Absolutely. very simple, clear, straight to the point and polite yep. and say, oh, okay, that's actually someone that's that could very be a good team totally. player within the, 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 the team. Yep. So just be careful. And you can even have a, you know, a template that you're using and you're just adjusting, obviously, the, the name and maybe you have a little customization based on who that person is or what the studio is. Yeah. So it kind of feel not like a template, but at the same time, yeah. if you do that with multiple studio, uh, it, it's just a way to be more um to to more efficient um i see just there be that, careful just be yeah. careful with the template i've 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 received uh emails from people looking for a job that are clearly a template that they forgot to update so just it, it's a good idea <laughs> but it, it it can be pretty embarrassing if you don't swap it out with the uh the, it's the a it's a hack that you have to use yeah. carefully because <laughs> yeah it can be awkward if you forget to yes, change the name and change it. the name of the studio uh, yeah it. oops with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> so <laughs> just be careful you've been warned you've been warned yeah uh, there uh, david uh, that's a, how long do i uh, uh, wait to message them if they don't message mm. me uh for me I, I don't i don't have a specific period of time but for me, my only rule, and again, that that's just me. Uh, someone else might have another advice. But if you just cold call, like you've seen a, you know, they're looking for an animator, and you send uh, an email to the uh, to to the recruiter or in the contact section, you know that you're one of hundreds. And if you receive nothing, I would probably not do a follow up until I have an update to my showreel a couple of weeks or months after, and then I send it again. Uh, if the recruiter said, hey, thanks for sending your showreel. We're actually going to look at it this week. I'll get back to you next week for sure. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get back to you the following weeks, then that's a way to say, oh, just by, uh, by the way, I, uh, you know, I remember that you mentioned that you might be looking at the reel and you could maybe come back to me. I just wanted to know if there was any uh, update on this. So they kind of shared that they would come back to you. If they yeah. did, that's your way to get back to them and politely say, right. hey, by the way, what's up? Totally. That would be yeah. my very rough uh, rule of thumb for put, put yourself in their shoes, I think is really key. You know, you need to be able to develop empathy for the other side of the equation because if as soon as you start to become like, um, take it personally or become overreactive to, you know, because, and I get it. I know it's not easy because, you know, you're, you're, you're really looking for that first job. You're really excited. And it can be very frustrating. I totally get it. But you don't want to let that frustration paint you as a person who is overly sensitive and like passive aggressive, all these other things that David said, like the interview process and the th all the things leading up to it are, um, um, they're, they're critical. And you could start to, you start to be categorized in a way uh, very quickly if you're, if you're not keeping your cool and keeping yourself patient and professional at all times. You just, it's not worth it. Do not allow yourself as, as, as frustrating and as emotional as it might be. Just, it's, just don't, just don't. Mm -hmm. um, we have an, you another in, one here? Yeah, we have an interesting one that is from a couple of minutes ago from, I think that's Vera, right? V underscore plant. I'm pretty that sure is, that's Veronica. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's in disguise. 
<laughs> Let's go with this one okay. because it's a classic one, but you know, it's it's always good. So when you two were students, uh, how did you work through self-doubt, that little or big voice in the back of your head that goes, what if my work will never be good enough? Guess what? <clears throat> Breaking news. <laughs> this voice <laughs> is not going anywhere. Yeah. Brent and I right now are self-doubting that we're doing a good job at answering <laughs> those questions. <laughs> Just it's as we were doubting true. 20 years ago of, oh my God, are we <laughs> going to make it in the uh, industry? Uh, but the good news is that if you do have this little voice uh, uh, in your head, <laughs> it's because you are self-critical and you're probably a little bit uh, perfectionist. And it yeah. means that you have the qualities needed to self-improve more rapidly than those that do not have this little voice in their head. So the good news is that you're most probably going to have a great career because of this little voice. Bad news is it's not going yeah. anywhere. It's always going to totally be there and, and poke you and 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 make you doubt if you, you're doing a good job. You got to learn to tame it. Is the key like you got to like because that that voice can be a, a strong motivator as well as long as you start developing a health, healthy relationship with what that voice means like how you react to that voice. Um, uh, many people, myself included, end up actually getting paralyzed by that voice, and it like it, it's not even like I'm super aware of the voice, but there's the the fear of failing is one of the main contributors to procrastination. It is one of the I will repeat it for those in the in in the in the back of the class. Procrastination is usually very heavily fueled by a fear of failing. And you may not even be fully aware of it. You might not. You might just be like, ah, you know, I just would rather be playing video games because video games are fun. Um, you might just be like, ah, but you know, like oh, my buddies are coming over. I'm going to go for a couple beers. And like, I mean, I got to do that sometimes, right? I mean, it's true. But if, if, if you detect a pattern that you're always pushing the things off, the things that you know that you like, because this is the weird thing is we always have this very complex relationship with art usually like professional artists like ourselves because it's there's a difference between doing it for fun right just for doing it sake and doing it for fun but also hopefully getting paid for it it's because when once that happens it ends up kind of becoming a little bit more nerve-wracking because you don't want to get it wrong you know what i mean and you don't want to be judged for it and so it often translates into like waiting to the last minute i i developed this really bad habit when i was in college where i would wait until the 11th hour and it was not something i was consciously doing it was until i started realizing why and i was doing it because the 11th hour would kick in the adrenaline and i'd be like Shh, i gotta get this done and then it was the fear of completely failing would overpower my feeling, feeling of not making it perfect. And then the problem, of course, is, and this was like me all through high school too. The problem is that what ends up happening at the end is you never gave all of, you couldn't, you, it was never as good as it could have been if you were able to focus and really deliver the goods. Because obviously 11th hour sort of, um, sort of cram sessions are never going to be as good as a dedicated focused effort over a sustained period of time. So, you know, take it for from a professional procrastinator that is like that voice is that's that's what's causing it. So what you need to do is what I've tried to do over the years. Is I've tried to just be like, OK, like work to stop and ask yourself, OK, but like if like how important is this task? Because I if it needs if it needs to get done, if it's to if it's going to contribute to the next job or or you really need to make sure that you do a really good job on this thing, you need to like take a minute to reflect on it and realize what's at stake. And hopefully that will drive you to um, um, to, to reminding you to actually just start, start get, just get going. The other thing I do is I usually find small tasks that are related to that task that I can just do right away. Oh, you know what? Okay, I'll just trick myself into just preparing to do it. You know what I mean? Like create the folder for the video that I need to make or, you know, little things like, like just little prep stuff, like the little, the minutia. And what happens is it builds momentum. And then initially, you know, you're like, well, I, I mean, I'm, I, I might as well just do it now. And um, that's, that's a trick I've been using for years and years. So you might want to give that that one a shot because it works really well yeah stupid yeah, voice. don't <laughs> yeah and don't i mean it's not like don't listen to to, to it listen, listen to it but put it in in pers yeah. perspective because exactly. you, you never aim to fail uh no but when you fail is actually if you're able to i don't want to say embrace it because you don't really embrace it but if you're able to say okay that didn't work what did i learn from from, from that mm -hmm. um any super high level professional artist failed so, so many times. <laughs> so, you know, just 
get used to that voice. Yeah. <laughs> Just get used to fail often. Don't be precious about it. Don't have any ego about it. Try to learn e each time. What should I do next time to not fail? Because it, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, try to not procrastinate too much. Yeah. Qu qu quantity is always <laughs> is uh, uh, quality is subjective. You know, yeah. it's but that's the famous 80 20 rules. Right. That's right. And in the quality, you never get to quality without the quantity, right? You need to try and try and try and try until you can actually start doing it the way you want to be able to do it. it is, you don't just get there automatically. You don't just wake up. It's not like we're not, we're not living in the matrix where you just plug in a cable into the back of our head and we know Kung Fu. It's like, just, I wish it worked like that, but it just doesn't. So the only, the only way to get there is the many hours, the mileage that it takes yeah. to, to develop the skills. And so that failing that those, those, those whispers of, of fear and failure, they're going to be there. Like I, like David said, they're always going to be there. What happens is you just escalate. So maybe your first thing is failing on being an animator. Next thing you know, it'll be okay. The first day you have to supervise. Now you're like, oh, I'm going to screw it up. My team's going to totally fail there. They're going to see right through me. I'm such a, I'm such a, such a sham and then it you know every time you kind of make a, a a move to a slightly different job you're always going to find that voice sort of finding new things to point at and new things to scare you about so you just yeah. have to live with it tame it make it happen yeah there's a there's a good one there from uh, najim mm -hmm. manner if you want to uh, it. bring it up here it comes so if any studio hires you but it's underpaid mm. but for experience can we took it or wait for a better one? Oh man. Uh, I would say <laughs> and I'm interested Brent to have your perspective for this one. But mm. for me if you judge that it's a good opportunity you should 100% uh, take it and I would say mm. the other way around the, the opposite is not true. If if you feel that it's not going to be a great experience but the pay is so good that you're going to take it anyway I would rather go for the uh, the underpaid uh, gig that's going to bring you a good experience. I've in my career, I think that I've took one gig that was clearly underpaid for <clears throat> the number of years of experience that that I had at that level. It's actually when uh, I went to work in in London for Double Negative on uh, Hellboy Two. Um, it was I don't know. It, it's hard to judge <clears throat> it. it a long time now, but I would say it was probably half of what I could make in, in Montreal. But first, I wanted to, to uh, my wife and I, we wanted to travel. London was on our top three uh, list. So we wanted the life experience of it. Um, I wanted to test VFX. Uh, I wanted to work with someone like Guillermo del Toro. I went there, met my admission supervisor, um, uh, Hammond Butler. Hammond Butler introduced me to Jason Ryan when I got to DreamWorks. Jason uh -huh. Ryan actually is the one that brought That's me at iAnimate, and without iAnimate, there would probably no be eventually Agra Studio, and if there would not be Agra Studio, then Agra Community. So we would basically <laughs> not be here today yeah. if I didn't accept <laughs> this it. underpaid work 15 there years ago uh, for an opportunity that was like, okay, well, I, I know that I could make twice this uh, this amount of money in an other studio, but I want to live in this city for six months. I want to have this VFX experience. I want to work for mm -hmm. this director. I want this experience. So, you know, the pay is going to be just enough to pay for the rent and the cost of living. And that's it. I'm not going to bring uh, any more money, but that it was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, I'm with David on this, except I'll, I'll add a couple extra little things. I think the main thing is you got to do the math. Money is not the only compensation. David just listed a whole pile of things that are in that package, right? It's like he needed to weigh all of the things. Yeah, sure, okay. Maybe the pay was a con, but he also had in the pros checking a bunch of really big box uh, boxes, like some bucket list boxes, like living in London. Like London is one of the sort of premier cities in the entire world, right? It's like a ma major city. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, there's all, it's it, right in the smack dab in the middle of Europe. So it would be a perfect launch pad to then travel and see other parts of Europe. So, you know, obviously that was a main factor. The other thing that I need to, this should be part of the, the, the equation should be the actual supervisors themselves. Is this an, an opportunity for you to learn? Right? Is it an opportunity? Like, so okay, fine. I'll take a little less pay because I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to work under Ted T or something like that. I'm not trying to draw a comparison under Ted T and pay because um, I'm, I'm sure his team pay, pay, pay excellently. Point is, is that 
Ted is an amazing mentor. And so if you can find yourself working at a company where your supervisor is not just some supervisor, but someone who is like a kind of like an animation coach at the same time, this is huge. So that has to, that has to factor in at the end of the day in that math. The other thing I'd say is once you've got, once you've done that math, and you, you feel like you have an equation that makes sense in your mind that, okay, there's more pros than cons and you're willing to make the plunge, set your limits. There's a difference between taking um, an opportunity that, you know, that pays a little less for these other things. But if that equation changes while you're there, supervisor, you get moved on to a different team or, you know, something else changes. You get transferred to a different division and it's a different city or something like that. You're no longer in London. You have to always be willing to reevaluate because what happens is people, these kind of things happen sometimes. And then they're now they find themselves bitter and jaded because they're getting paid not enough for what, what it is that they're, they feel like they're doing and all those other pros seemingly vanished. And, um, you know, and another thing too, is like, it should be for a temp, like a temporary amount of time, you know, because maybe they're, they're not willing to pay now, but I mean, if you, if they offer you another job after that, then, you know, maybe it's at, at that time you've, you've decided in the back of your mind, if I stay longer than that, that original contract, then I'm going to want to renegotiate my pay. Yeah. Right. I and mean, that's something that's very personal, something that you need to decide on your own. Just don't become that bitter person who complains about pay. Because those people quickly find themselves disliked because they're usually just the whiners who become like they're just they, they, they get viewed as mercenaries, like because you are in control. You don't have to stay at that company. If you feel like you're being undervalued, then go. Honestly, yeah. do yourself a favor and everyone around you and go and find the job that you feel like you're not going to be no, you're no longer going to be undervalued. You are you're the only one stopping yourself from 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 from, you know, you're the one stopping yourself from from being remedied from that situation. Yeah. Yeah, know, know your value and yeah. know exactly why you've accepted for a period of time to be compensated lower than your value for those other uh, reason. One one maybe more tough for me would be unpaid overtime. If you get somewhere, even if you're being compensated uh, properly, if you're uh, offered to work overtime, but it's not going to be compensated, I'm not saying to not do it, but you know, just think about it because that's something that you can, it, it's, you know, once you get there, it's easy to just wake up a year after and say, oh my God, my entire life went to do overtime. And on top of that, yeah. I feel like I've been, you know, used because yes, I've it. not even been compensated. So exactly. don't don't put yourself in a situation that you think that you're going to totally. be resentful uh, uh, over time. And I uh, and just to come back to the uh, DNAC job, I just remember that the reason why so was so much underpaid it was because at that time I already had a, a lead experience in the uh, ah, yeah. class, and it was actually an opening for a junior position, mm, and I was so the yeah. only opening. So I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. can I apply even if I'm a senior?" <laughs> and say, "Well, yeah, but you're yeah. still just going to be paid that, and right?" Sure, because you were overqualified. Because they had they because what happens with these teams is they often open up a number of seats, but there are seats based on certain certain um, experience levels, so juniors, intermediates, and seniors. So mm -hmm. for them, they're just like I. I guess we'll take you for as, as a junior, because if you're willing to work for a junior rate, like why would we say no to that? But it's because David had, he'd done the math, right? Set the limits, do the math, make sure that you're actually doing it for the right, for the reasons. There's a follow-up here that I wanted to bring up here, which is what about, this is the same, same poster here from the original post. What about if I have to work in, an, in another country, how to deal with that? Uh, this is kind of an open-ended question. So I don't know if that means like, in, is, is that in today's reality where like working remotely? So like, is it basically that you're working for a, you're being asked to work at a company where the rates are lower than where you, where you currently live? Is that the, is that basically the question? I'm assuming that this is, the uh, question it, yeah. it still relate to the salary but yeah. sometime and th that's something that i experienced myself as well because i was used to the salary in montreal yeah then you get to another country that's it. that is uh, uh as a different currency that has yep. a different cost of living and yep. on top of that just to make it extra difficult they're not calculated yearly or hourly but they calculate by day and yeah. like is it eight hours a day <laughs> exactly so, and all that so you're used to maybe okay i was making i don't know fifty-five thousand a year in montreal and now you're offering me 320 pound a day and so you kind of have to do the uh the, the, the math. math um yeah it, it, each each local uh um 
industry have their own. Yeah. I mean, in general, you could assume that in, in the big cities in, in the states like San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles is where you would have the higher rates. Yeah. Uh, Canada would be, I mean, the numbers would be at par, but the Canadian dollar was uh, lower, so it'd be a little bit uh, yeah. less uh, than that. Euro was a little bit uh less and the uk was pretty much on par with the euro but you need to calculate the difference between the uh but at the end of the day you just do the math and you bring yeah. that in your own currency like oh okay and you bring day by week or however you're used to calculate it then you compare those numbers um and then you ask yourself okay uh, am i is it what I feel that, that I'm worth? And if not, am I willing to uh, accept it? And honestly, nowadays, if you have connection in those countries, just ask, hey, is anyone aware of what is the average mm -hmm. salary for a mid-level yeah. modeling artist in, in, in London? And you know, you, you, you get to average numbers pretty uh, pretty rapidly. Yeah, I think the key here is to make sure you do a little homework on the on the local market. I think where, like, for instance, like, it like I don't think... It would be weird for just a junior animator to try to get a job like overseas, but in China, let's say, or some overseas studio and expect it's the same rates that you would get like in San Francisco. It's just not going to happen. Um, the only way that usually happens is if you're going over to supervise. Supervisors, tend to, they tend to pay like the market value in like, because they're just willing to pay. Like they're, they're, it's, they, it, this still happens quite a bit. They bring in, especially if it's a Western production that they happen to be doing overseas, they will often try to tap a western uh supervisor to supervise the production um uh that's that happens a lot but like as far as just being like one of the one of the spokes in the production wheel then yeah i think you're gonna have a hard time where it's where it'll be interesting and with these the, the new reality we live in is like let's say a production in london is hiring you and you're going to be remote but you work in one of these more affordable parts of the world this is where things are going to get interesting because I think a lot of companies will try to take advantage of that. And mm -hmm. as they should, right. As they should, they, because I mean, they, they, they should get some sort of, you know, advantage to opening up the borders a little bit, but maybe they're going to, I just hope that they don't try to take too much advantage. So for instance, it'd be nice to see them meet you in the middle somewhere. You know what I mean? Like maybe you don't expect to get paid what a Londoner is. Cause why would they do that? Like you don't live in London. London rent is not cheap. Let me tell you, um, David, I'm sure he can speak out of experience. It's not a very, it's not a, it's, it's, it's an expensive place to live. It's up there like New York, Manhattan, like it's not cheap. So the thing is, you know, you, you, uh, it would be weird in a way to expect suddenly that you're going to get paid the same amount because at the end of the day, but the question is, what is too much to ask? Like, it, I think this, these are things that I think we're going to have to figure out as, as an industry moving forward yeah. now that that's an actual thing. Cause normally they'd be flying you to London and you'd be living in London and therefore you'd ask what a Londoner would make because you need to be able to live in London and pay rent. But if they're, you're doing work, but doing it from your, you know, from your own apartment in a much more affordable part of the world, then like, what's, what's the right thing to do here? I don't know what the answer to that question is. Uh, I think the, the market is going to self-regulate itself. Uh, yeah, I, think so too. I would say probably 10 years from now, it's going to be to a point that most of the studio will work with remote freelancers. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then even their own employees will have yeah. to adjust to the fact, well, totally. now we have those amazing uh, animators in Thailand that it, that are, you yep. know, charging that price. But, you know, they used to charge that price, but now they figured out in the last 10 yeah. years that they could yeah. actually charge this price and yeah. they're still going to hire That's them. It. That's this it. is already happening. And it, it's been yes. maybe five years that it's been, it's just been yeah. accelerated. I would say yeah. another decade is going to kind of self-regulate. Uh, yeah. And then freelancers, employees, whatever studio from whatever country, it, it will start to, yep. it's not like you'll be able to make those, crazy deal with those insanely good animators in in uh, you know in countries that definitely the cost of living and the currency is much uh, lower no they, they will know they will know their yeah. own uh, value and at the same time if you have your apartment in manhattan and you are a you know <clears throat> a decent but average uh, senior artist uh, it's not like you can expect 200,000 a year if someone from another country mm -hmm. can, can do the same job for maybe yeah. 700 uh, uh, a yeah. year. So that's there is going to be a big incentive for people. And some of them will be like, yeah, I've been waiting my entire life to be able to go in a more affordable <laughs> country when the beach is, yeah. is pretty near it's and happening. I can work like, I can work 25 hours uh, a week and that's plenty enough to, to yep. afford my, my cost of 
yep. living. But there's going to be a big incentive to get out of the places that are so expensive exactly. and go in most uh, more affordable places and work in remote for those big studios that, that can provide those nice salaries. It's interesting you said that because it's something I've been thinking a lot about, just trying to like play out the next many years in my head and what that means. Because what, what we're really talking about here is true globalization of a marketplace, right? Where it doesn't matter where you live. It's mm -hmm. the fact that you are providing a service and that service should theoretically, there's lots of reasons why it doesn't work out this way. And to be honest with you, globalization, um, the idea of globalization doesn't work because because the big corporations are usually going to try to cheat and they try to leverage leverage it for, you know, for you know what they can, they, they, it's a way for them to squeeze more blood out of the stone, and you can't blame them because at the end of the day, they're trying to like bring their costs down and bring their profits up. That's how corporations uh, work, right? But um, unfortunately, when that practice sort of like, you know, when you watch it happen and what it does to to, to people, unfortunately, people do get sidelined and they don't always get paid what they're what they're due. But as 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 this whole idea of the real true reality of the walls being broken down because of this sort of the, the geography changing with regards to remote work being a kind of a thing. I think there's no, there's no choice. It's going to for sure happen because now if, if everyone's pulling from the same global pool of, of, of people and everyone knows what everyone's making, well, then it's just naturally going to happen, which is hopefully going to be a good thing because it means that hopefully um, these production companies that that drive you know you know studios into the ground because they do that whole try to keep the cost down. We we see it over and over again in VFX companies. Is what you're going to see is hopefully maybe that just doesn't happen anymore because it just doesn't work. Because if everybody is on, in, like, it's kind of what unions are there for, right? Unions are there to be like, look, no, no. We all like if you are a senior animator, you get paid this. If you're, um, you know, that's just the way it is. The market value that way. If we make sure that that's the rule, we all agree to that rule, and none of us are allowed to take that job for for less. Then you actually can then theoretically yeah. help your neighbors get paid properly, right? But I mean, there's a lot of complicated things that are going to happen for sure. But it, 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 there needs to be some climatization with this whole market yeah. as, it, as it starts to. I would say that those situations that you describe, when it's local market and there's an abundance of labor, yeah. it's super easy for any big corporation to say, you know what, we're going to take our production, we're yeah. going to send it to this country. And yes. you know, those people they have they don't really have a lot of other options because physically there's nothing other than this big factory. So that's going to work out. Uh, if you have a global market mm. that is all working virtually in uh, in remote, and yeah. on top of that, it's not a, a you don't have an abundance of good uh, uh, labor. You actually have a shortage of, yeah. of good labor, like we have in our industry. Why? Because I mean, video game is exploding, and animated feature is exploding, mm. and VFX, VR, and eventually if live in the matrix. Mm. How many artists do you think that we're going to need to recreate those multiverse of different CG uh, uh, worlds? So uh, I don't think that we'll constantly be in a shortage of um, of labor, Not anytime soon. but I don't, but I, but I don't think that we'll have an abundance of labor to the point that good artists are just waiting and hoping studio. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's the studios that that that, that are struggling to find who's available uh, yeah. now because most are, are able to 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 uh, to to find work uh, yeah. nowadays. It comes down to supply and demand, right? But when you all when all the borders come down, that idea of equalization of the supply and demand numbers, it just it ends up being like, okay, now it's a global market of things. That's a global demand of productions, and it 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 taps into a global market or a global sort of group of of contributors or people, content creators. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it theoretically, we'll see how. It, I mean, it, we'll see how it all turns out. But theoretically, hopefully, it will do a lot of people a lot of favors. But I do agree with what David said. The only thing that makes sense in my mind is that now you're gonna have I've, I don't know if you've noticed this David but I've noticed on my Facebook feed a lot of people are moving right now and they're moving to more remote areas yeah there are areas that they've always wanted to live like for instance here in Quebec there's a beautiful part of Quebec um, known as the sort of the Lac Saint-Jean and Saguenay region that area is immaculately beautiful but it also is sort of like its own little ecosystem it's far away the, the major city out there is called Chicoutimi and it is yeah, I can tell you it's 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 beautiful but here's the thing it's so far away. It doesn't have a really gigantic industry. Finally, Ubisoft opened up a studio there, which is interesting. But like, other than that, if you work in this industry, you would never want to be able to, you just can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So there's a lot of kind of like people that are from that region that had to move all the way to Montreal or Quebec City, because that's, if they wanted to animate, that's the only way they could do it. But now you're finding people moving there for the first time or back there. So because they're just working from home.
You know, it's, it's so it can, it, and it's for sure more affordable to live out there than it is downtown Montreal. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a lot more of this and what, what's going to, what's going to happen is you're going to start to see places like New York probably not being nearly as um, you, you don't be able to, you can't charge the rent if people don't want to pay it. Right. So I think you're going to start to see some really weird um, shifts in equalization on, on uh, real estate, I think yeah. because of this. Yeah. Uh, I would say there's uh... I mean, there's always a way the, the, the glass is half full or, or half yeah. empty, but there's a always. lot of people that are going to figure out how to play this new system. And yep. they, they'll have better work opportunity paid potentially even more and live in places <laughs> they that want. they actually love to, to exactly. live and work less hours a week exactly. and be like, oh my God, how could I do before that? And there's yep. others that might... <laughs> be in those very expensive cities. And the main reason that they still have a job is because they are literally physically there and they've been there for 15 years. Yeah, uh, They are the one that will pay the price of, well, yep. guess what? You will have to adjust because uh, yep. you might you might eventually be out of work. Yep, I think so. It'll be interesting. Time will tell. But I wouldn't be investing in New York real estate right by now, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, not me. You know, I'm not a financial advisor, but I don't know. I just don't think that that would make sense in my mind right now because... For a, for a multitude yeah. of reasons, these big cities. I think you're going to start to see a lot of. I know there, there's a lot of business that are like, okay, we cannot wait until people are, are back. But for me, the CG uh, animation yeah. industry, it's. I've been hearing so many different studios all saying the, the same thing. It, it's a point mm -hmm. that okay, it, the the debate has been settled. There's yeah. like. 20% that never want to work for home ever again. There's 20% that never want to go at work ever again. And there's 60% that want to have this flexibility, yeah. which means that yeah. there's 80% of the people that do not expect to be full-time totally. at studios. Studios now, especially in VFX, recognize that, hey, you know what? This remote desktop thing is, is mm -hmm. pretty cool because it kind of allows us to have security. Mm -hmm. There's no setup at home. They're not working locally. They just need a good internet connection. And then the only thing that matters is the latency. So the physical yeah. distance between you and the server, uh, yeah. the physical limit to work well with the tools that we have is most around 2,003, mm -hmm. 3,000 uh, kilometers, which means that the big studios right now, they're doing, okay, we're going to have one hub in Europe, one North, mm -hmm. hub in North America, maybe one in India, maybe yeah. one in Southeast Asia, and there we go. We have our four servers. Yeah. All 90% of the artists totally. will be able to connect at all time to, to those. Yeah. This is what is happening right now. Well, and you're seeing this even reflect in these big companies. Just follow the money. Follow the money. Take a look at what Amazon's doing right now, right? Take a look at what all these companies are doing. With like, have you, I don't know if you guys have heard. Did you just talk about? I, you might have said it, and I might have missed it. But Agile, did you just mention that in your in your? Okay, so Agile is a new a new thing, and it is Amazon, right? Agile, I think it is. Uh, I'm not sure. AWN? Pro, pro, maybe. I think so. Don't don't quote me on it. Someone in chat will be able to correct me if I'm wrong. But Agile and like this idea of remote working, this is like, I mean, Google Stadia was the one that really made most people's eyes open to this, this reality, the idea of cloud computing. Well, now you have the same kind of idea, but for what, you know, where Stadia is for gaming, where you can you don't have a console, you just need an internet connection and a joystick, and theoretically you could play on the best hardware, but you do it over the internet, right? Because the hardware exists on some sort of server somewhere. What if you could do the same thing, but for working? So you don't build the the, the three to four thousand dollar you know workstation. You don't have to pay that every like three years. Instead, you just pay a subscription of like what? Who knows what it is? I don't know what the actual market so value is right it, now. Is it sim similar to the Amazon Nimble Studio? Nimble, not Agile. Like, oh, that's okay. What I meant. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. exactly yeah. nimble sorry i had the wrong the wrong word so yes yeah, so what nimble is exactly this a service that allows you hey just pay us monthly and we're going to give you access all you need is a decent computer and a decent um, internet connection so that you could connect to our remote computers and work remotely because and again i bet I, I guarantee you that whole service was accelerated because of the pandemic we we're it was are we were already heading in that direction but it's like suddenly there was a really big market need for this now and so now there it is it's start, and they won't be the only ones offering i bet you google will be doing the same thing and a bunch of other companies are for sure going to provide this kind of service and it's all about decentralization of the hardware because why do that it's 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 more cost effective to let someone else worry about those things yeah. so Interesting, interesting thought um, to see that happen means that there are people are literally people with all, like more money than we've ever seen um, are are betting on that horse. This horse yeah. being remote work is going to be it's here to stay. 
All, all the technical barrier and issues are being solved right now. And at the end of the day, all, all of it in a couple of years, it's not even going to matter. It's going to be a one button process. The only thing that will matter is the artist, the creative's brain. And, and you know, get those people, let's, let's work with them. Let's have their creativity for a period of time. All the rest will feel like we're working in prehistory when we're actually downloading mm. stuff uh, uh, you know, installing everything locally, uh, <laughs> dealing with issues of updates and, and all that. You'd be like, oh my God, do you remember the days that we had to deal with? All oh my God. I nonsense? saw, I saw a meme the other day on Facebook. It was, it was, it was just a, um, it was a half loaded graphic and it said Netscape at the top. <laughs> I just, I just about died laughing. I'm just like, Oh man, like I actually, I am old enough to remember that where like you would load, like the internet was so slow back then on like, like phone over phone lines. And not, I know when I say phone lines, I'm not talking about like DSL lines. I'm talking about like quite yeah. literally dial in modems. Um, and like, yeah, when you loaded a page, you would literally watch scan lines of the picture sort of rendering on your screen. It was just, yeah, Netscape. Yeah, exactly. An old browser. Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. Oh. That was the time that you were like, okay, I think the top nail was so low res, yeah. and I think I want to look at this you picture, and then you slowly, sure. and they like, for it. Wait yeah, for no, it. not interesting enough. Okay, that's going to be <laughs> exactly. too long. I'm going to try another one. Yeah, it's like, and now we're like, now we, we live in the land of TikTok or the age of TikTok, where it's like these high res videos. You're like, nope, nope, nope. Oh, that's interesting. Nope, nope, nope. Like you could just like. You know what I mean? Faster than your brain can even know whether you like it or not. You could be on to the next video. It doesn't even make any sense. It literally makes no sense. Um, it's 10 o'clock. It's actually 10.04. Before you leave, I wanted to do two things really quickly. And one of them was, because I think it's important due to the, the theme that we had uh, tonight. Um, this was It's a bit of a repeating theme, this idea of, of like, how do you get that first job and sort of tips on this. I just wanted to bring this one up here. Joe uh, volunteered some information right after I had said, know your, know your, your like limits. Um, so this is a really good anecdotal here. Um, you know, he took a job six months as a junior at a junior rate was told that they'd be happy to renegotiate six months later. Um, they didn't even budge. So he left. Good. Good for him. He set his limits and it's, there's no, you know, you don't even have to think about it as burning a bridge or like being mad at that, that group of people that they think they, he got what he wanted out of that, the six months. I'm sure he got lots of great experience because he's, he was a junior at the time uh, or maybe not. He said junior rate. So maybe he wasn't, but the point is, is the six months was over. There was no promises beyond that other than they would renegotiate. And if they break that, break that terms, then you move on or not. It's completely up to you, but just don't get sucked in. Make sure you know your know yourself, like David said, and know what those limits are based on your own your own understanding of self. Um, the other thing I wanted to do was to bring up this one other thing. Where was it? Oh no. Um, oh yeah, this one here. Just one last little piece of advice here. The studio I was working for still expected me to work full time in the studio, even though it was a three hour round trip for me. And spending a few days at home would uh, sorry, spending a few days at home would mean a huge difference. So I have one. I don't. I don't know what I thought you. This will be the last thing we'll do, and then we'll we'll, we'll kill the stream. But I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm curious what David has to say about this. But I want to say this one thing because I think it's really important. I too has I've heard many rumors locally of some of the as plans to reopen start to become a real thing because of sort of people getting like we're, most of these countries are over the, the 50% threshold uh, of vaccination, which makes people feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of like opening back up again. Um, I know of at least a couple in Montreal studios, they, they, will, they will remain nameless that are planning to be full time. Like they're not even going to, they're not even at mandating, mandating masks at the beginning. It's going to be like, it never happened. I believe, I truly believe, and we'll see, that they are going to be damaged beyond the point of repair. I don't think that we live in a in a in a in a world right now where you get away with that because there are going to be studios that are going to do it smarter and they're going to be thinking about their employees' safety and they're going they're just going they're going to give you flexibility and they're going to give you comfort and options. Those are where people are going to go to get the job because at the end of the day when you have choices that are better than the one that's in front of you, you're going to pick the better one and then the person the 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 the, the one that was sitting on their laurels um on their high horse, they will be left with nobody because no one's going to want to work there. So it these things work themselves out. So for the the company that uh, Van Animator was talking about, that's fine. They can expect that all they want, but it's only be a matter of time before they're dinosaurs and they will go extinct. Yeah, those studios are going to be crushed. 
that it's <laughs> it's that's i mean the the audacity to think that yeah. they can just revert time and go no. back to how things no. were were no. uh, however if whatever the debate if it's better to be on site or not doesn't matter exactly at, uh, at this point i mean uh, at worst, they're going to gain a very bad reputation. That's it. Uh, at at best for them, uh, they're just going to have a very hard time to recruit the best uh, talent in town. Now they might compensate because they have the most interesting project and the best, you know, animation supervisor. And you know, there might be a lot of incentives, maybe higher salary. Sure, if you pay twice as much and you have all the cool project and all the cool kids and you know, free bagels for everyone, you might be able to compensate <laughs> for that. But you better have all of the rest aligned for, for you. Exactly. Because otherwise, if you just have, you know, average salaries with average project, like all the other cool studios have, I mean, you've just lost one of the biggest incentives that studio yep. will be able to offer, which is flexibility. You want to work on site? Work on site. You want to work from home? work from home some will have a policy of at least two days a week on site other will be you know you deal however you you, you want with there'll be different version uh of it but a studio that say no here it's on site or nothing yeah okay good luck that's it because i'm telling you most most of these it, it it's it comes down to especially during a time like now when when the industry is so busy there's competition over resources so it's very easy for a progressive company to be like we'll take them here work from home no problem we're going to set you up like we'd be happy to have you like so what's going to end up happening is these kings that everyone like these companies that people were working for before because they were at the top of their game that are going to think that that's enough to bring people back and they're going to follow the rules that they set forward is that will be their downfall they they they're it's it's pure pure hubris and if the toothpaste is out of the it's out of the tube you can't put it back in everyone knows now that it can be done and so there's no you can't use that sort of that you, you just can't you can't you just can't pretend oh well it doesn't work that way you know we can't just let everyone work from home it's like actually uh we just spent like two years working from home so guess what um it can be done and so you can pretend all you want that that doesn't that doesn't work but it just it just like I said, it's the toothpaste out of the tube. So at this point, you either roll forward or you become extinct. And that's what's going to happen to a bunch of these companies that think that they think otherwise. And they may, some of them will never, and they're just going to bury themselves. Or maybe they'll just wait too long before they finally, okay, fine. But at that point, people had already gone and they left. And if they're new, they, all these senior people have gone and worked at these other studios, the, the competition. And now they're going to be in really big trouble to try to like, to catch up. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It, 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 but you know they're not going to go instinct overnight. It's going to be a no, it'll, it, long, sure. painful oh, yeah. process. It'll a be very a slow death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I just I'll get my I'll get the popcorn ready. Okay, so thank you um, all for being here. Um, it was nice to have you back after a week hiatus. Um, I, I I'd be lying if I didn't say that I missed you all. It was a great chat. Lots of good stuff came up tonight. Thank you, David, as usual for being here. Yeah, that was great. I will uh, see everybody um, next week for the next one. And we have a stream tomorrow, don't we? Is it tomorrow? I think we do, yeah. Do. With uh, with uh, Mike, is it? Yeah, yeah, Jung Bluth. Yeah, yep. let, me just, let me get the details here. Just make sure I have the right time. Uh, one second. Oops, I just lost my... Oh, there it is. Yes, so we do have Mike Jung Bluth. Um, he is currently animation director at BioWare. Um, and um, he's he's got uh, quite the, the background before then. Uh, that should be a very interesting conversation. It is happening Eastern Standard, 3.30 p.m. So definitely show up for that one. It will be a good one. Um, and uh, otherwise, I'll see you on the next stream that you're able to make it. Uh, remember, just a quick reminder that these streams are immediately available almost minutes after we are done right at our Twitch channel. You just have which many of you are watching from or you're watching from the live page. But if regardless, go to um, twitch.tv slash Agora community. You will find our channel and then the videos are just there waiting. They're not edited, so they're going to be fat and long with all the things and intro and the outro videos. But if you're hankering it, you, you missed part of this and you wanted to go back and watch it or just loved it so much you want to watch it again, that's the best way to do it. Otherwise, wait a while and it'll end up on our library. All right, so quick little pro tip for everybody. All right, so I'll see everyone on the next one. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you, Bye, Chad. everyone. Bye, Chad. Everyone. Bye, Brent. Cheers. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. 
We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.